Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. It is Monday, September the 30th, and we are getting ready for my favorite month of October uh, because it's Halloween. It's getting cool. All the leaves are changing. And I'm excited because we have a really cool guest today. Her name is Kat Kelly Hayduck, and we met because... Uh, we worked with a mutual young actor, and we both have a love of helping nonprofits succeed. Uh, and I just think this incredible entrepreneur is going to give us all some really cool advice and life experience. And uh, yeah, it'll be great for us to meet and chat with her. So thanks for joining us on the show today, Kat. Oh, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's great. It's so, it's so great. Um, you're co-founder of Turtle Box Productions, and that's kind of how we met because we both worked with the same mutual young actor. I was just wondering, can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you're passionate about um, in life? Sure. So I'm uh, what we call a creative producer and one of the founders of Turtle Box Productions, which is a small production company that I run with my husband, who is um, was formerly a cameraman in the Vancouver film industry so he can um do a lot of things like he's great at editing and animation and he even does some writing and can compose music and I do my best um to keep him on track uh and then creatively we also work together um my background was prior to starting the company my background was in feature animation and video game production Oh, that's very cool. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are big video game fans, and so am I. So, <laughs> yeah, but I think, but when I started that, my big, what I was frustrated with in video games was sort of the lack of real storytelling. I worked at EA Sports, so I worked on mainly sports titles um, like NBA and Fight Night and stuff like that, and I was feeling kind of a little bit. Uh, lost because I missed telling stories and helping people really. Yeah, I can, I can totally understand that because you're definitely a storyteller through what I've gotten to know from you and, and your company. So tell me a little bit more about what Turtle Box Productions actually is um, currently. And then I'd like to know a little bit about uh, the future of Turtle Box Productions for sure. But I just kind of want to give everyone an idea of what your company currently does and what its priorities are. Yeah. So, um, so we, we have sort of two divisions of the company. Uh, in one, we make kids media. So that means children's television. We've made some apps. We do, um, you know, videos for online for uh, various broadcasters and stuff. And then we also have a nonprofit wing, which when we started the company, we actually started it with a focus on doing videos for nonprofits. It was sort of a way to take our skills and use them for good. Um, and then we wanted to take our skills, my husband's skills in the Vancouver film industry and my skills in uh, feature animation and video games and combine them to make uh, videos for nonprofits so they could share their stories with the world. And we started out doing that. And the nonprofits that had money tended to be the medical ones, like around diseases and stuff. So we ended up doing a lot of videos about arthritis, um, <laughs> which was great. Like it was pretty rewarding, but we wanted to do some creative stuff too. So then we made some children's music videos on the side um, just for fun for a kid musician that we knew. And uh, and then those got picked up by uh, CBC here in Canada. And so we've sort of separated a bit our company into two arms. So one arm that still makes videos for nonprofits and another arm that makes media for children. That's awesome. I love what your work is with nonprofits and, and promoting things like that. And, and arthritis is a very important topic to talk about. I've got it in my big toe already. So <laughs> I oh. appreciate those too. <laughs> is that gout? Do you have a little gout? Is that what it is? 
I asked, and, and it, I don't know, it's something in my family. Apparently, we have, like, arthritis in some of our joints, and I, I apparently got it on my big toe because I yeah. wore too many high heels when I was younger. Oh, I hope it's not gout, though. That sounds really painful. <laughs> yeah, gout is, yeah. Anyway, it is a form of arthritis. We, we've we learned a lot about arthritis. So, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny little side part of what, what's fun when you make a video for someone is you end up learning a lot about the subject that you're making the video about. So you end up sort of being a jack of all trades, learning a bunch of different stuff. So that's cool. You'd probably um, be great to have on a trivia team then for like a pub trivia night, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like you might have gout. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that's sort of the roots of how we started. The sort of stuff we've done is we've mainly produced shorts to date. Like, you know, when you watch a TV show like Arthur or something, how in between a couple of episodes, there'll be a short segment instead of commercials. Um, we produce, they're called interstitials. There's a word that not everyone knows. Um, and we produced piles and piles of those for um, PBS and, uh, and CBC and stuff. And we're trying to get some of our actual shows off the ground, which is sort of like winning the lottery. Like you pitch and you pitch and you get nibbles and you have to follow up and you have to keep trying. Um, and so we have several shows that we've been working and pitching um, for uh for a couple of years, we have one show that we're really passionate about that we've been pitching for like six years. Um, and that show, we've been super close, like an executive said they, they were going to order it and we had a phone call scheduled and everything. And then that executive was let go from that broadcaster. So we had to go back to square one and start uh, pitching it again to different people, but the people themselves also change over that time. So you try to find the right home or their, um, what they're looking for might change. And suddenly this project that you had sort of given up on might find a uh, new life with, uh, the same broadcaster that you pitched it to before, but now they're looking for stuff that coincides with what you're selling. Mm, yeah. Um, it, so, so this is an interesting topic that I'd like to bring up a little bit later in the show because I think it's it's really important. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of projects that cross your desk that you're really passionate about, but then there's the ones that pay the bills at the same time. And and I I want to talk about like balancing passion projects with the ones that pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. What that's, that's been like in your life uh, as a struggle too. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because the problem is that when you're busy is when you're really popping, like when ideas are coming to you and uh, and you have all this energy and stuff to put into stuff, but you don't have the time for it. And then during those down times, you know, you might be, sometimes we'll get stressed out because, you know, cash flow isn't what it should be. And my husband and I are tied to the same company. So, you know, our bank account goes up and down with the company. And, um, but so it's pretty cool to try to find a way to take those slower down times to take a little writing retreat and work out an idea or something. But I do find it's, it's for me at least there's an old adage that if you want something done ask a busy person and I'm definitely someone who thrives on uh when we have a lot going on and that's when I'll have like 10 zillion ideas for new shows nice <laughs> do you keep yeah. like a diary of all your dream passion projects so that when you do have those downtimes you can reflect on them because yeah. it must be hard to remember them all if you're if you're a creative person <laughs> Well, my big problem is that most of my ideas I come up with in the shower for some reason. I think it's like meditation, right? Yeah. And I'll always like, like my, my husband knows that when I like come, you know, come out in my bathrobe and I'm like, hey, what do you think that I'm going to have some crazy idea that I came up with in the shower? I, I think that's the best place to come up with ideas, the bubble bath or the shower, because your mind's yeah. free and it's just allowing itself to let things in, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I've been thinking a lot about trying to add more meditation to my life to create those uh, times more. But sometimes it can just be like um, one show we're working on. I was just out for lunch with a friend and uh, and I was like, hey, 
yeah, I should do this thing. And then I was like, actually, that's a great idea for a kid show. And, you know, it can, you never know when that sort of inspiration is going to strike. Well, I'm, I was just kind of looking at your, your uh, background. You're originally from New York and you're currently living in? Ontario. Ontario. Are you in the big city or because a lot of our listeners are from all over North America and some beyond that. Um, so what are you in a big city, small town? We're, we're in Hamilton, Ontario, which is just like uh, 45 minutes outside of Toronto, but it's also its own city. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we um, when we were looking for places to live in Canada, Toronto is a real hub of the children's television industry. Uh, and so we wanted to get as close to Toronto as we can, but it's also a very expensive place uh, for real estate. So we ended up in Hamilton, which is, it's sort of, people call it the Brooklyn of Toronto. Like it's kind of a lot of artists are moving here from Toronto. So it's great for that. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that about Hamilton. Are there like a lot of live events where you pull inspiration from? I think it's more like, yeah, there are like regular art crawls where you can go through and look at art. And maybe it's like the style that we want to try because we like to mash up different styles. Like we don't just film live action or we we don't just do animation. We love to sort of blend things and play with miniatures and stuff like that. That's awesome. I, I have you have you spent some time in Los Angeles? Yeah, I lived in LA for so I'm orig- because I'm originally from the US. I grew up in upstate New York, uh, but then I did live in Los Angeles for five years. And um, I could tell you the story about how I got there if you like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When we come back from the commercial break, I'd love to hear that because I love LA and I love talking about it <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, great. Yeah, let's jump to commercial break right now and then we'll hear that story just after the commercials. We'll be right back with Kat, everyone. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you. Yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Voice 
You are tuned in to Team Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeamWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeamWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone, to Team Wealth Radio. Uh, we're here talking to Kat Kelly Haydeck, and she's the co-founder of Turtlebox Productions with her lovely husband, and they do some really cool work. So I was just about to pick her brain about what it was like um, moving to L.A. because she's been all over North America, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. So basically, I grew up in upstate New York, um, and then I went to college in Michigan. Um, and then I um, in Michigan, I went to college not really knowing what I wanted to do. I I feel like I'm the sort of person that sort of woke up when I was 19, sort of, I was a good student in high school, but I was just sort of doing what was expected of me. And I was an athlete and, you know, I got good grades and hung around the right kids and all of that. And then in college, I, um, I, went, I took a, an art of the cinema class and it was the professor in that class that um, sort of pulled me aside and said, you're really passionate about this. Have you considered a career in film? And I was like, what? A career in film? As like, even though I grew up in New York, I grew up in upstate New York in like a small town. Um, and so he directed me to uh, an arts program in New York City. So I actually applied and got an internship in New York City during my junior year of college. Um, And then uh, I went back, finished out college, and uh, and then it was sort of, are you going to go to L.A. or New York? And L.A. was really the place to go for film. So I, I lived in New Mexico for a short while, just chasing a boyfriend from Michigan. <laughs> um, and then I packed up my car and moved out to L.A. with like $200 to my name. I just knew that I had to go there to try to pursue a career in film. Um, and I did have a place to crash. I had a friend there, so I wasn't like living out of my car or anything. Um, but I landed a job right right away in visual effects, in digital visual effects, in the early days of uh, digital visual effects. And then my boss from there went to DreamWorks, um, And it was the very early days of DreamWorks Animation. I was one of the first 50 employees there. uh, And he took me with him, basically. And uh, so I worked at DreamWorks Animation for like uh, five years on uh, Prince of Egypt and El Dorado and Spirit. And then I uh, had the opportunity to move up to Northern California to work on Shrek. So I took that opportunity because L.A. was sort of getting to me the smog and all the freeways and everything. So I moved to Northern California. uh, And from there, I met my husband through friends. And he lived in Vancouver. So then I moved from Northern California to Vancouver. And that's where we started our company. Um, And then when our company started to grow, we knew it was time to move closer to a big center I mean, Vancouver is a big uh, industry, but it's mainly a service industry in Vancouver, and we wanted to really do our own thing, so we moved to Toronto at that point. So I have lived, like, all over North America, for sure. I've sort of gone all the way from east to west. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, there was this great thing that was written by Mary Schmitch, I think. Do you know who I'm referring to? No. No, she she wrote this thing called Sunscreen that was turned into a song by Boz Lerman a couple of years later. It was in okay. the New York Times. And, and there was a line in there that said, live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard. And live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. And I figured <laughs> since you lived in both places, do you have a take on that quote? <laughs> yeah, I do. I have a good friend um, who has a great saying for Northern California. And it's where our... Um, uh, Northern California, where our, oh, gosh, I'm trying to find it, where our minds are so open, our brains have fallen out. Um, and, and that's sort of what I felt like in Northern California. It was just, it wasn't for this, like, in my heart, I'm still an Eastern girl. And uh, I just sort of, I, I couldn't really embrace the 
casual lifestyle of Northern California fully. So I feel more at home for sure um, out here near Toronto for sure. Yeah. That's so awesome. I know a lot of people have dreams to live in several of these cities like Vancouver, Toronto, New York, and LA. I mean, those are incredible hubs and Northern California is just stunning. And it's, I I always find it interesting how people are like, oh, you'll find your place and you know when you're there, when you're there. You know what I mean? When you're home. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I'll ever find my place. Like I just feel like I was born with itchy feet. Um, my mom says that. She says like I was always a free spirit. And my husband's like, "Wait, you're not happy here? Like I'm always looking for the next thing. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I haven't found it. Although we did live on a little island near Vancouver. We lived on Bowen Island, and that was like a lovely, lovely place to. Uh, raise our child and sort of uh, start our career there as like an incubator. I agree. I've been to Bowen and it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. It was like living in my my family used to call it Mayberry. But, yeah, it's like living in a vacation town all the time, like something you yeah. see in the movies. You know, so it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Santa Fe had that too. Santa Fe is a beautiful place if you haven't had a chance to visit it. It was just there wasn't a lot of career opportunity there but it's it's a stunning place to be for sure so a lot um, of young people yeah, ask me wh- how where home is what home should feel like because there's a difference between a house and a place that you settle and a place that you go for a career and how do you define home I always I always think that's so interesting because we have a lot of students in our program that have gone through the foster care system or have been adopted or um, have come from another country and they're just like I just don't feel like I belong or fit in here and I always talk about home you know how the old old adaptation and everything's home is where the heart is and there's always things like that but so someone like you who loves to travel around, which is very much me, I've, I've never really settled in one place, but I always keep coming back home to Vancouver because family's here. Um, how do you define where home is for you? Like what, what home in the greater sense, not just a, a, a roof to sleep under, but where you feel comfortable, you know, because it's not one location for you, maybe. Right. I guess I, I don't really have a strong sense of home. Um, like I love to be, in nature, uh, like I, I feel most at home really when I'm in the woods, but, uh, you know, it's about family. Like it's about, um, and the friendships you build, but my friends are scattered everywhere too. Um, I wouldn't say I'm someone that really needs that. Like, you know, I like to live in a nice home, but I'm not like I find I don't spend a lot of time decorating or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's it, an interesting question. I think it's very important for some people, but it's not a particularly important thing to me. I guess home is just wherever I am. I like that. No, that's all good. It's just, I, I think there's so many people that we grow up with this sense of Disney and watching all these Hollywood movies and that there has to be a, a white picket fence and a happily ever after and this is how life should look. And and I tell a lot of young people that feel like they're never in the right place and they never feel a sense of family or home that sometimes that's okay. And it's okay for people that feel like that because they're always innovating, always adapting and always learning and trying new things, which can be really fun at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, totally, totally. And I, I also... I also feel like, I mean, it's, life is also about finding, like seizing opportunities when they come to you, but also making sure you're kind of keeping an eye on making sure that it's where you want to be, right? Yes, I agree. So now that you work with a lot of young people for your productions with Turtle Box, do you have suggestions on how a young person could... I don't know, manage all of that kind of stuff and manage their time and and manage their dreams and and even parents too. Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, I think it's important to take time to reflect and I'm not someone who like sits down and I mean, I try to write a plan each year for that year, but I'm not someone who writes like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan because I don't feel like that's ever like you don't know what's going to happen. Like something could happen with your health or I don't know. I, I, I think a little more short term, but I always keep an eye on whether my, my soul is being fed. Like, 
when when right before we decided to start Turtle Box, I was listening to this interview with Desmond Tutu and I sat in my car listening to this interview and I was working on a boxing video game and I was like, what am I doing? What am I, what am I spending my time and energy on? Um, and for me, that that's really important. Like we like to say that there are, uh, there are pe- like there are people that are making things and then there are consumers, right? And I've always felt like I wanted to be part of making something but making something meaningful yeah so like our little tagline for our company is making meaningful fun um and it's got the double meaning of both making like you know put putting the broccoli in with the humor in (laughs) children's media like making sure it's somewhat educational or there's something kids take away from it um but also uh, making things that are broccoli fun um, and just always keeping an eye on that. I love that. I love that you use broccoli because most kids hate broccoli. <laughs> I think that's so great. That's such a great way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. oh my well, uh, let's jump to commercial break and then we'll talk a little bit more about Turtle Box and kids and all that on TV shortly. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey you, yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. Um, I know if you're just turning in now, you might have missed the great first half that we had with Kat Kelly Hadek. Um, but she's one of the co-founders of Turtle Box Productions. Check it out. The link uh, to the website is in the bio, so you can always find out more about them after the show if you're interested. Um, I just thought it was really important for Kat to come on because, oh, goodness, she's just had a really cool life experience, runs a, a company that creates great content but also gives back, and she's a dreamer, so she's always creating new and inventive things, and I know a lot of you listening uh, are the same and are always wondering how you can get your message out there to the world, so Kat might have some great uh, insight for you. Um, so, Kat, yeah, tell me, let's let's go back to the beginning of your company and how it got started. What was the mission at the beginning, and is, has the mission changed over time? Yeah, for sure. So, so basically, at the beginning, we, okay, so I'm working at this video game, I called it the Video Game Factory, um, 
and uh, <laughs> at Electronic Arts, and I, I I really didn't like it because it wasn't about storytelling and. Uh, and it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was contributing my own voice enough. I was managing teams of artists on various sports titles. Um, and so one, one, when I graduated uh, from college, I was sort of deciding, am I going, I have a degree in film and a degree in sociology. And I was like, am I going to go in the Peace Corps? Because I was in America. Am I going to go in the Peace Corps or am I going to go to film school and go in the film industry? And I ended up choosing film and, and it was a great path. Uh, but then I was looking back and thinking, oh, maybe I should have done the Peace Corps. So I went and got a certificate in international development at the University of British Columbia and studied that for a little bit. And in the process of doing that, while I was also working at EA, I realized that maybe there was a way to blend these things and that my husband and I could, uh, with his camera skills and stuff, we could make videos for nonprofits. And we imagined ourselves making videos about digging wells in Africa and stuff like that but then we ended up just making a, a lot of videos about arthritis as I said earlier um, because medical nonprofits are the ones that have enough money to produce videos the company you know the organizations that are digging wells and stuff they tend to have um, people come in and just volunteer to make that sort of content for them um, so anyway so we then we ended up doing children's media, which we try to blend both. Like we try to make uh, children's media that also has a message. Like the the sort of clients we work with are Sesame and PBS and CBC, which is the public broadcaster in Canada. We're we're not the sort of people that make we call them like like those yelly shows on um, on cartoon network and nickelodeon and stuff and those shows have a place for sure um and some of them are you know my son likes to watch and some of them are really funny but we're more about creating stuff that we think has meaning and uh, a little bit of an educational bent as well i like that i really like that yeah. <laughs> i always think it's good to learn have you ever seen this show called qi from the uk no, QI. I suggest you check it out. It is yeah. so cool. Each season started with a letter, and so it started on A, and then second season was B, et cetera, et cetera, and they're now on Q, I believe. Okay. So it's been going oh. for quite a long time, and it's hosted by a gentleman. Well, it was hosted by a gentleman that's super smart, but also a comedian, but also an advocate for mental health because he struggles with manic depressive or bipolar. Um, okay. And uh, now another woman who's a comedian has taken over, but she's brilliant. And each week they have comedians come on, four different comedians and then the host. And they bring up subjects like why do centipedes have 101 legs instead of 100 legs, even though they're called the centipede. And it's they, the comedians either have to come up with a funny answer or the correct answer. And they get more okay. points for a funny answer. And it, I was just like, gosh, I learned so much from that show because I'm laughing while learning. And I think that's so important. So I love content that teaches while you're actually enjoying yeah. something. Yeah. The world, we're so attracted to TV and apps and phones and everything now. It's nice to um, have that balance of still learning while you're glommed on to something. You know what I mean? Because we're just like, we're staring at screens all the time in this world now. <laughs> yeah. It's it, great. Yeah. And learning, it doesn't have to be like learning math or learning science like there's also just social emotional learning and making sure you're representing kids from various backgrounds and stuff like you know not everyone lives in a pottery barn home and uh yes. making sure we're doing both like socioeconomic diversity and and also like mental and physical health diversity like you know there's been a big push in our industry to to make sure that we're not just featuring uh, kids of uh, from various ethnic and cultural backgrounds, but also from from various um, abilities and and mm. stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's very important for sure. I uh, think that's part of why um, I wanted to chat with you so much and have you on the show is because Ignite in Vancouver, we strive to have a really diverse roster. We want actors of all abilities. Um, to come on board and and I'm tired of uh, an actor being cast as a 
say an athlete in a wheelchair when we could have an actual athlete in a wheelchair be cast and yeah. represented. You know, because it's, and I just think that's not pushed enough. And so we're, we're pushing as hard as we can over here. So I love that that's something that you guys are, are focusing on as well. Yeah, for sure. There's a new show coming out from um, a company that we're friends with uh, called The Endlings. And there, there's a little kid uh, um, in that show that has some physical disabilities. And it's really like one of the stars. And it's really great to see that for sure. Yeah, it is. It's quite nice. <laughs> um, I love that. So so in terms of your company, where you're at now and where you want to be, do you have a 5, 10, 20 year, 30 year vision or what, what kind of how far in the future? I know you said you like to plan things as, as they come because you never know. But do you have like a one huge vision for the company in, in a few years? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There's a a small group of producers and uh, that I'm friends with, and we we get together and we like support and encourage each other. Um, and we were just talking about that, like how much do you want to grow your company? What's your perfect size? And I think most of us agreed that we wanted to have like a show in production at all times, like a a larger show, and then one or two things in development at the same time. Just making sure that there's that flow of um, something sort of big always going through um, and then the opportunity to also um, develop other stuff and, and keep it, keep um, the momentum going. So I'd, I'd love to get to a place where we had that happening. So, and all it's going to take, it's, it's such a crazy industry. Like all it takes is that first big thing and then you're just rolling and it's pretty great because then all of a sudden you have a name for yourself and you're trusted and you can get into all the rooms with all the executives um like we haven't been able to have a meeting with netflix yet like we've met with a lot of the big producers like amazon and and apple and you know we're slowly building relationships with all these different executives and it's really the most important thing is having those relationships now which I'm learning having been in this industry for only like six seven years now have we been focused on on kids and it's taken that time to build those relationships with those executives and they move around as well like you know we had this great relationship with this executive at Amazon and now she's moved to Apple and now she'll take our pitches and she trusts us and and, and likes a lot of what we do. So when that right project comes along, uh, she'll green light it for them. And um, so that's really the most important thing. And I've had, there was the principal at my son's elementary school used to say, it's all about relationships. Uh, and it's so true in any industry in like, she was talking about building relationships in the school with, the kids and the parents and the other teachers and it's about that in any career you choose really it's about accepting mentorship when somebody offers it and supporting the next person coming up as well because they could take off and and be a huge support to you and it and yeah it's something I, I feel really passionate about is um, the importance of finding those people that can be your cheerleader um and just holding them close and keeping in touch with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and well, I know that something important to you is mentorship and it sounds like you've got some great mentorship in your life. Um, why, why is that so important to find a well, good mentor? Well, uh, so we've been, so we have a, a show in development that's called before I turn 10 and it's about kids setting goals about something they want to learn to do before they turn 10. Um, and I got the idea because I decided I wanted to learn to do a cartwheel before I turned 50. Um, and when I was looking at how to do a cartwheel, I actually like hired a gymnast that taught me proper form to do a cartwheel. And like, I thought you just stood sideways and sort of flung yourself sideways, but that's not how it works at all. And if I didn't have that mentor, I wouldn't know that. Um, and kids today, because of YouTube, and you can go on YouTube, which is wonderful resource, um, but you feel like you can learn to do anything yourself, but you really can't. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can to a point, but nothing beats 
that relationship you can build with a mentor to really help you learn to do something new. So that's a big focus of the show we're developing is the kids will be assigned a mentor and teaching kids to look for that, to look out for mentorship, um, to find those people that will really help you achieve your goals in your life, I think is really a, a super big key to success. I love that. And and a lot of people are like a lot of young people I find aren't sure where to look for the right mentor for the right thing, for example. So I know we have to go to our last commercial break, but I'm, I'm going to chat with you about that when we get back. Thanks, everyone. We'll okay. be back in a moment. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Beauty is always a reflection of how we are taking care of ourselves from the inside. And our business is no different. Building your business brand is a direct reflection of you. In today's competitive landscape, personal and proven leadership skills can ensure that our brands and businesses succeed. Join host Bonnie Bonadeo and visionary guest experts to help you find success. Tune into beautiful brands inside and out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. We're still here with Kat, and we're just getting the last couple nuggets of wisdom from her in our last 10 minutes of the show. So thank you for tuning in. Kat, before we lose you, can we make sure we get any social media or your website? I'm going to definitely have it in the bio below the show. But is there anything else that you want us to follow um, or that you want to talk about so people can find out more information about Turtle Blocks after the show? Sure. Um, the best thing I probably would be to visit our website, which is turtleboxproductions.com. Um, and my, you can find my email address there on the contact page. And feel free to reach out if you have um, any questions uh, about what we do or an interest in learning about. Um, yeah, if you have any questions at all, uh, feel free to shoot me an email. I'm happy to hear from anyone. Um, and I might not get back to you right away, but I try to respond to everyone. Uh, and on Twitter, I'm at TurtleBox. I mainly tweet stuff about children's media um, or occasionally just something funny. Uh, and you can find me there. Awesome. So I only have you for about five or six minutes. So I'm going to do a quick fire question round because I have so many things that I want to know still about you because I just love what you and your husband are creating and standing for. Um, And I think it's so necessary in this current world. So here we go. (laughs) When you were a kid, what were your big dreams? My, so I started out just, I wanted to be like Helen Keller. I was obsessed with Helen Keller. Okay. So I wanted to teach uh, blind and deaf students when I was a little kid. And where did that come from? I don't know where, I don't know where uh, it 
came from exactly. I think my my family mainly is teachers, and I think I always wanted to help people. And I was fascinated by the idea of losing your senses like that. Like I used to wander around the house with blindfolds on, and mm. you know, I taught myself to read Braille and stuff. Um, so that was sort of a passion of mine when I was a little kid. Oh, I wow. took sign language class with my grandma. Mm-hmm. Like being my, I'm thinking back. It was like an adult education class and I was probably like nine years old sitting there with my grandma <laughs> learning sign language it must have been super cute <laughs> I bet that was <laughs> um what about when you were a teenager did the dreams change or did they always kind of stay consistent um as a teenager I I was a runner I ran track I ran um I ran long distance and that was something I I dreamt about, you know, being in the Olympics and all of that. But then uh, I sort of got hips and thighs between my uh, close to my final year of high school and uh, I couldn't even come close to my time. So I had to give up that dream. But I was really, I really loved cinema. Like I did love going to the little, um, there was an art, like a movie theater that played uh, more off the beaten track movies, independent movies and stuff that we used to go to when I was in high school. And I, I really fell in love with cinema uh, when it, like the later tail end of high school. Oh, very cool. Um, did you have any self-esteem struggles in high school? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a good group of friends. My friends were all like very good students and like I said earlier, I kind of feel like I was sleepwalking through my teen years. Um, I I struggled um, to fit in a bit. Uh, just, I, yeah, I don't feel like I ever, I didn't really have that sort of, I had a group of friends and I had um, a best friend, but I didn't have that sort of tight, close friendship with um like either girls or boys until college, really. Mm. Like that year, you know, I didn't, I had a really good youth group through my church, though, that that was where I found the most support and encouragement, really. Emotionally. Um, oh, if, yeah, I think we all find our own kind of community for that, don't we? And, and sometimes, yeah, yeah it, I mean, we need, we, it's, I don't know, it's an interesting thing about humans that we, we want someone else who's been through or has or is going through something that we are similarly going through because it helps us to feel connected to others. I do think like friendships generally become like I I think the like friendships become a bit big a lot deeper when you're in college because you're living together and you're all like in it together um, yeah. and those are where I made like my biggest lifelong friends would be for sure in college. And you've had some big dreams in your life and some big goals and you've done some really cool things and the expression never give up. Does that resonate with you? Yeah. Like we, especially um, when you decide to start your own company, you're taking a giant leap of faith um, and to do it with my spouse, uh, was also, like, I, I don't recommend it to most people. When people talk to me about, like, you guys started your own company, I'm like, you know, have one person in your household with a steady paycheck while you're doing this, um, because it, it has been a, a struggle for us. But we just, like, get enough wins that we keep going, and it's just sheer, I like to say, it's perspiration over inspiration, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work. Just keep pushing the boulder. Yeah. (laughs) So if you had to name three secrets to success, it doesn't have to be for business, can be for life, for love, for business, for TV and film, whatever you think, what are three of your secrets to success? I think the, the most important thing is to be open to like, relationships whether it's finding a great mentor or cheerleader just being open to what's coming your way mm-hmm. um, and not closing your stuff self off and not thinking you know everything like accepting accepting help 
um, and encouragement is really big. Did you say three secrets? Yes. <laughs> you don't have okay. to be three. You can so, be two. So I just figured three is a good number. <laughs> accepting help and, and also taking risks. Like, go for it sometimes, you know? Yeah, I'm always looking at the worst-case scenario. Like, what is the worst-case scenario? Like, I've lived on potatoes and bananas in a tiny apartment, you know? Like, I don't know. I, You certainly don't want to end up on the street or anything, but, yeah. I, I think take risks, look for those relationships, and don't give up, really. I like that. <laughs> And then on a uh, very last thing on, on a personal note, because um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I encourage everyone to go and check out um, Kat's company, Kat and her husband's company. Um, I'll have all the bio and information below the link in this show, wherever you're listening to it um, and go check them out and just see kind of what projects they're working on and be inspired by them. And um, if you have collaboration ideas or anything like that, reach out to them because they're lovely people, as you can tell. <laughs> but if you have, on a more personal note, my very last question, and I bombard everyone that's ever been on the show with this question at the very end. If you had 30 seconds to make the entire 7.9 billion people or whatever number it is in the world sit down, shut up, and listen to one thing that you had to say, what would it be? Be kind to each other. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that is so phenomenal. I've had so many people lately say that. A 19-year-old boy who... Um, came from a family that had a lot of people that struggled in it. And he was the first one to go to college. Um, a very wealthy person who was on the show, who was a very successful entrepreneur, said that same thing just a little while ago. And I love that you just said it because it's such a message that the whole world needs to hear right now. And I love that was the first thing that popped into your head. So thank you so much for joining us, Kat. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry you had those technical challenges off the top and yeah that's just me i uh i think technology hates me because i love people so much more than i love technology so i'm shutting down (laughs) i hear you thank you so much thanks for the opportunity and yeah whoever's out there feel free to reach out and uh love to hear from you awesome and i'll make sure i have all the links in the in the bio and all the information below thank you again so much and we'll see you guys same time same place next week live at five every monday on team wealth radio bye thanks for being part of teen wealth radio please join your host brandy england her guests and panel of experts again next thursday at 5 p.m pacific time 8 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show.